Hey y'all, welcome back to a Wednesday morning edition on the Chase Thomas podcast, where, yeah, still the Averman, Chase Thomas, and on this episode, uh, today we'll have two different episodes uh, in your podcast feed here on the Chase Thomas podcast, but first up, uh, Coach Ralph Potter, uh, McCallie, the Blue Tornadoes over here in uh, Tennessee, high school football, just dominance, uh, just won the state title game, undefeated season. Uh, we talk about the season, um, the hardest stretch of the season, his favorite moments, his MVPs on the team, um, coaching defense and offense, and today's uh, today's football climate, um, what he likes to do in the offseason, likes to read, his favorite food, things like that, um, but also what's to come uh, for uh, his coaching career and his coaching dominance at the at the high school level here in the state of Tennessee. Um, that what makes Macaulay a special place to coach. And uh, looking forward to next year with uh, some some big time matchups out of the state. So all that and more with Coach Ralph Potter on this podcast on this edition of the podcast. Don't forget, folks, you can also watch it. Yeah youtube.com type in the chase Thomas podcast hit that subscribe like thumbs up share it out all that good stuff and uh, if you are an apple podcast or spotify listener here on the chase Thomas podcast i would greatly appreciate it if you would leave this show a five-star rating and a review on apple podcast spotify or however you get your podcasts and don't forget you can email this very program at chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com um, you can also uh, go check out the daily newsletter sports renaissance man dot substack.com sports renaissance man it's me and then of course check out the homepage chase thomas podcast.com access to all of my previous episodes and all the information you need about this very show all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right we're back here on a special edition of the chase thomas podcast where i am now joined by coach ralph potter cali high school coach how are you doing i'm doing fine how are you doing very good man very good i am excited to talk to you uh this evening we have a lot to cover but your team you haven't lost in a while. Have you forgotten what it's like to lose? Have you? Do you have to remind yourself? Do you want to remind yourself what losing feels like? No, you don't ever forget what what you know. You always remember your losses. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so no, we haven't forgotten at all. Was this about what you expected? I mean, I know like coaches go into every year and they're just like, you want to win every game, but every year to year, you, you get a feel for your roster. You do the summer workouts, you do your installs and you look at your schedule and you look around the the league and your region and where everything's going to be. But did you like before the 2021 season, were you thinking, man, this, this group's special and we should be able to, to run the gauntlet and put together an undefeated season. Um, you know, when we got them all together in camp, um, we could tell that we were going to be pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, at, at that point, you know, that, that, that you actually usually have more pressure or you feel more pressure in, in that kind of year when you feel like you've got a really good chance at it. But, uh, mm-hmm. we felt, we kind of felt like we'd be all right. What, um, this is, so one of the things I thought was so interesting because of how difficult everything was in 2020, uh, with COVID protocols and every school doing like different stuff. Some counties were doing different things and losing summer practice and then just being forced to just do installs on the fly. And a lot of people were not able to put in what they wanted to put in in 2020. Were you able to, uh, put in a lot of what you wanted to do in 2021? Was it a pretty normal season? Were you pretty pleased with the difference between 2020 and 2021? Yeah, it was, it was totally normal for us. Mm -hmm. 
we didn't have any sort of mitigations or anything like that at all. 2020 was, uh, it was a, it was a great year and it was mm-hmm. a you know, all in the same time, we had a great team and, and, um, but we didn't have any preseason practice at all. Cause you know, we got COVID and had to go home. And, uh, so that was, um, that was a, a, we didn't really get good at all until we, we had to play our way into it. Mm-hmm. It was probably like week three, week four before we really started to click. And then, got hurt a lot and then had to come back from that. 21 was a really normal feeling year for us. You know, we had the crowds back, um, you know, all our schedules were back. We weren't having to do all the protocols, you know, uh, in terms of, of masking and of making sure, you know, taking temperatures and, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, we were happy to see the fans in the stands, things like that. What, um, so now that it's uh, been the end of the 2021 season and you, you have the undefeated season, is there, you've told me and a lot of coaches say this, and I I do believe this in terms of just like, you remember the losses more than you did the the wins they stick with you more. But is there anything specific that now that you, I mean, we're in March now and, um, you've had a couple months to reflect and, uh, think back about the 2021 season. Is there still something that stands out to you? Is there a game, a moment? Do you still... Do you still reflect on anything from the 2021 season that sticks out a lot to you? You know, we, we were probably the most dominant team that we've had. Um, but there were two moments in particular that, you know, we really almost lost it. Um, mm-hmm. And one was at, at what Montgomery Bell Academy. We never, mm-hmm. in the, all the years I've been at Macaulay, we've never actually won at Montgomery Bell Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, the place is, you know, it's, it's like a mythic place of darkness, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so we went up there and we felt like we had a better team. Um, mm-hmm. they, they were good, but we felt like we were a little bit better. And, you know, we found ourselves down, I think more than 10 points with about eight minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and William Riddle hit Xavier Gallier Dets on a long, um, on a long pass and we got a couple of stops on defense and we were able to get another score and ended up winning by three. And I, and I thought that was a huge accomplishment, you know, and then in the quarterfinals, we were ahead 42 to 14 with six mm-hmm. minutes left in the game. Uh, now think about that 42 to 14, six yeah. minutes left in the game and almost got beat. We ended up winning. <laughs> Two to 35, um, we turned the ball over. We didn't do what we should have done, and and they got hot. Mm-hmm. Our defense, they started playing make it, take it, you know, with unsolved kicks. Mm-hmm. Thing we know, I mean, we can't. I mean, our defense has been on the field like 30 straight plays. And mm-hmm. you make a couple of plays in the last minute or two, uh, they had the ball a touchdown down um, on our nine-yard line, um, first down you know, with about two minutes left in the game. Mm -hmm. So as my linebacker, Aaron Crowder said, his football life flashed in front of his (laughs) at that moment. But I thought those two, two moments where we had to really kind of dig deep was, you know, the, the defining moments of the year. Is that something you have to adjust? I mean, you talk about them being on the field for 30 straight plays, but that is something that it seems like a lot more defensive coordinators and defensive minded coaches are having to think about is just, 
the amount of plays is just different. Like it's football has changed so much in the last decade on that front. Um, how difficult has that been for you to adjust of like part of its conditioning, but part of it is like, there is a limit to how many plays is feasible for these guys to just stay healthy and stay upright and to just stay ready for the next week. Right. Yeah. And you know, it does, it does influence how you play the game holistically, mm. you know, um, and so we become much more, uh, you know, we used to be fast ourselves on our, mm-hmm. uh, and we become much more, um, of a take our time sort of offense, uh, and very physical offense mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we want to limit, um, the number of shots that they get at us on defense. And so that's changed, you know, quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, defensively, I think the first, um, the first series of downs on any possession is really important, you know, hmm. first in a couple, you know, cause if you can get us three and out, or if you can get them stopped within four five, six plays, um, you know, you've got a pretty good, you know, it's good, but hmm. if longer, the longer it goes on, you let them get up into eight, nine, 10 plays, um, you know, your kids get tired. And um, yeah. So, and so at, the, at that point, you know, you can, you can sub if you have to. And, and we haven't gotten into you know, everybody <laughs> playing one of these squid, fast teams. You know, they get all these mysterious injuries every five plays. We, we haven't done anything like that, you know, to try to, to try to stop people. But, you know, for us, you know, being able to con- get ahead, control the game with our offense and, and, you know, get quick stops and short drives and, um, you know, that's the key for us. And you never – you really – and if you're playing a team that's really good at it, uh-huh. you never you never really have enough points either. Because mm. you know, at any point, a team could get hot on you, especially if they got a quarterback that can do some things. And uh, so you don't ever really feel comfortable with that. Was that kind of like what happened at the 42-14 to 14 playoff game, the quarterfinal game? It's just you're never fully out of a game in college – or in football anymore, it seems right. like. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I was calling defenses and mm-hmm. I kept thinking, you know, the time is against them. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's going to make a mistake. And so, and we had, honestly, we hadn't really practiced on their passing game. They haven't, we weren't too worried about it. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't have a lot of stuff in. And so we just played, you know, uh, kind of a prevent defense there for mm-hmm a good long while just playing the odds. And it just seemed like, and, and finally we just had to start coming. And when we did, we made a couple of plays and that was it. But I probably almost waited too long, you know, to do that. Is that something, what, uh, what would you say is your preferred defensive style? Are you do more of a nickel team? Or are you more, do you like to send for more? Do you, are you good with just sending for, does it depend on the matchup week to week? What do you, what do you like doing most defensively? Well, it's not, it's, it depends on the offense that we're playing and the nature mm. of our team, you know, so, you know, we're going to try to match that up as much as mm-hmm. we can. I, you know, my philosophy is to keep it really simple for your kids, but make it really complicated for the offense, you know, because hmm. I, because I, I was, you know, I called plays for like 25 years offense. And I, I really felt like if if I knew uh, how a defense was systemized, you know, mm-hmm. in other words, everybody over there is coordinated and they have to 
they have to look at they that you you've they've been assigned something to look at and they mm-hmm. and what that key does they're going to do certain things and so if you can get if you understand if i give them this formation they're going to be in this defense and this is their keys then i've got a huge advantage and and so defensively i i don't want to ever give our opponent that and so um you know we're try we try to be as multiple as we can be um, and not make it co- overly complicated for our own guys. What's changed the most in terms of coaching for different positions? Do you think dif- coaching defensive line pass rushers has gotten harder? Is it been coaching linebackers just because they have to be leaner and faster and be able to, they're just more assignments uh, and pass coverage. Is it more corners and safeties? What's, what's the hardest to coach now on the defensive side? Uh, you know, positionally, you know, I think it's all gotten a little bit harder. Um, mm. I don't know if I can uh, parse that out for you, but I, what I will say about that is that, and I think this is even more true in high school than it is in college, mm. um, the variety of offenses that you see in the high school is tremendous. I mean, mm. you're you're going from, you know, a, you're playing a school that's, you know, run the wing tee for – 35 years and, and really knows everything about it. And then the next week you're playing, you know, a team that lines up in 10 personnel is going to throw (laughs) 30 times a game. And, and so it's, it's really, really difficult. Um, You, you, it's, it's a completely different game plan, completely different uh, mindset. Um, And so, you know, I think it's, it's pretty it's pretty tough on everybody to to be able to to handle that i think and and to be able to have players and coaches that are flexible enough in their mind to do it so that, that's the challenge is to is to get your guys to be able to understand different things um and to narrow it down for them you know because you can't stop everything but you're gonna you gotta let them know okay we're gonna take this away from them and then if they beat us they beat us but uh and to understand how we're gonna do that i think all that's really important interesting how have have the kids changed over the course of your coaching career is is there anything fundamentally different is it easier to coach today's kids versus yesterday's kids Uh, is it basically the same just little differences um what have you noticed um you know i honestly i I suppose the kids have changed Uh, Mm um i've changed more than (laughs) the kids have i think yeah have Uh, you changed well, I mean, the stuff that I used to do, uh, you know, to get teams ready to play, mm-hmm. arrested for today. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any. I wouldn't have any players left. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's not because you know uh, I was a better coach then. It was because I didn't. You know, I mean, you're just young and and. Mm-hmm sort of foolhardy and you're going to try to make people do certain things. And, and, um, you know, it's, so hopefully you get a little bit older and you get smarter, <laughs> you get wiser <laughs> and you've seen more stuff and, and you're more confident in, in your own self, you know, and it, as you get older, you learn how to, you become more integrated yourself as a person, you know, so you, you're not, it's it, sometimes a, a young coach's ego gets wrapped up in it. And, and, um, you know, anytime you're, you're coaching to protect your own ego, it's not good, you know, and, mm-hmm. and 
So as you get older, hopefully you get you get over that a little bit and you you start coaching for the kid and not, you know, not being in it for, you know, your own satisfaction. Uh, what do people, what do other coaches, I'm sure you talk to other coaches a lot. What do they tell you is like the most, the biggest pain in the ass about playing your team year over year? What, what do they hate most about playing you guys? I don't know. They don't, they don't share that with me. <laughs> what would you guess? What would you guess? Uh, you know, well, when teams play us recently, they've just said, well, you've got some really good players and we do. Mm-hmm good players and some good coaches. And so we're going to be really prepared. What I would like them to say mm-hmm. um, is that our guys are really well prepared and they play really hard. You know? What was your favorite moment from the 2021 season? Well, you know, um, probably, um, you know, when we won the state championship and, mm-hmm. and um you know, when when you go through that, that kind of game and, and you see the excitement that the kids have and, and they're appreciative and, um, you know, um, you know, that that makes it that makes it worthwhile. What was running through your mind? Because like in the state title game, I mean, you your defense has only gave up 14 points in the final two weeks of the season so both games were well like uh, even though what we said (laughs) with the quarterfinals that never any game is not technically over you Mm -hmm. did probably have a good idea early on in that game where you're like oh we're going to be state champions like this is Mm -hmm. this is probably happening what uh where did your mind go what were you thinking about oh well honestly that didn't happen until we scored our last touchdown okay i I really didn't didn't think that and when we got the last one i thought okay we probably we're probably Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but you know, as soon as you have the thought, you drive it out of your mind, you know, because <laughs> you just can't afford to, you can't afford to think that way. Um, how, how much did you allow yourself to enjoy the championship before you're like, all right, let's shift the focus to next year. Uh, well, you're, you, you got to operate on two different tracks. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, um, you know, I'm still enjoying it, you know. Okay. It's fun, it's fun you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, it's it's fun to see the excitement of the of the school and the people. There's a deep satisfaction that I have, you know, after accomplishing what we what we did and and three times straight and it was in our our town. I mean, that that's about as good as it gets and Yeah. And so, you know, I but on the other hand, I mean, the next day I was doing <laughs> stuff, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so, and, and for the next two months, it was really, really, really busy, you know, but since, since then it's, it's calmed down a little bit, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to conserve a little bit of energy right now. But There you go. Uh, what was the hardest stretch? What would you say was the hardest stretch of the season last year? The hardest stretch of the season. Well, I would say probably the uh, to us it's it's really always the middle part of the season hmm. um you know because you kids start to get a little bit tired but they can't see the end mm-hmm. uh, and we, we always have Baylor in there yeah know? and you know that's a that's a real stressful um thing i'm glad it's over every year <laughs> and uh so, but yeah, that's a, that's a whole season in itself. Interesting. Um, so 
this is interesting. Um, I don't know if you'll answer this, but not to blow, like, not to prop up any one kid in particular. But did you have one guy who you would cite as like, yeah, this was our MVP of the season? Like, if I had to point to one guy who was the biggest leader, the most important player for our team in 2021, give me three. Yeah, you can give me three. Yeah. Well, one of them was William Riddle, Mm -hmm. who just a great worker and a great leader, really led our offense and and, uh, just very well respected. The other one was Aaron Crowder. And Aaron um, was our middle linebacker for three years. And we're going to miss him terribly because he was he was a culture definer. You know, he he literally this past year, he was like a coach. (laughs) He would get on the kids, you know, almost really. You go like yeah. Aaron, you better, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, you know, Aaron set the tone in practice, you know, he made sure guys were getting where they were supposed to be. If I had an issue with a player, you know, he, Aaron would be the first guy I'd go to and say, you know, what do you think here? And, and uh, so he's, he's just a, you know, tremendously mature young man and really great football player and, and, you know, leaving with really is the central figure on the defense for three years. And he's got three state championships. So that's pretty impressive. Um, so you're not going to get a COVID year for him. You're not going to get one of those extra COVID years that you can't do that. No. Bring him back against an, in an assumed name or something. Mm-hmm. Like but uh, and then the other one was John Cole McAdams, and 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 John was uh, he was our strong safety this year, and only got to play really this year. He he started as a junior as a corner, started out that way, and just got toasted and had a bad year, and really was so proud of him because he fought back from all that from all that adversity and he was if Aaron was the daddy Aaron, John was the mama <laughs> John John was the guy who was always encouraging and he was always he was always there hyper conscientious this is the guy who really I mean he had a good healthy fear of losing you know, I mean, he, and that's a great motivator. And, uh, and so he made sure that every stone was unturned and, um, you know, it was, it was, um, it was really good for him. It was really good to see him emerge and, and be that kind of leader. Do you already have some names in mind for next year? Who's going to take that mantle? How does well, that go? Like, do, do they talk to him? Me. Yeah. Somebody was asking me about that today and, mm-hmm. uh, because they were asking who our 17 was, you know, 17 is a big deal for us. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we give to 17 before the season to the guy that's going to be that guy. It's like 12 for part of you with Jeff Francois number back. Yeah. In the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, um, at this point, I really can't say, you know, mm-hmm. and it's interesting every year to see who's going to emerge. Cause you, I expect to like Aaron, uh, mm-hmm. and William, but, I didn't expect John Cole to do that. And and so it's always a real um, pleasure to see who kind of steps into that. But we usually go through camp, you know, our mm-hmm. camp, and then we, we do it at the end of um, the, those two weeks. Um, what did you think of Calhoun? Uh, Coach Clay Stevenson listens to this podcast, so you got he's going to be interested to hear what uh, your thoughts are on this. Well, Calhoun's got a great program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had some really good players, um, and you know we we did well against them both years. And uh, but uh, we really enjoyed the game. I mean, it, going down to Calhoun this past year was that was an experience. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they got a, the little the football stadium is like inside this little village. You know, <laughs> and uh, and so it was it was a 
it, you know, we, we really felt like that that was a great opponent for us to play. And, you know, we really feel like that, you know, when we beat them, it was something that, that was really special. Yeah. What is, uh, what is your favorite part about the off season? What do you enjoy most? Um, well, what do I enjoy the off season? You know, just trying to relax and get away from it a little bit, you know, and. Are you good at that? Recharge. Uh, yeah, I'm better <laughs> at it now than I used to be. <laughs> okay. Golf, fishing, hunting. Uh, yeah. What are your hobbies? Yeah. I play a little golf. I'm a, okay. I'm a jogger. I do a lot of running, stuff like that. Okay. What's your, uh, so how many, what's your mileage? I'm a runner too. I like before we did this podcast, I just did my two miles. So I'm curious now what's, what's the, what's the routine on the running front? Oh, the routine. Well, I'm mm-hmm. older. Yeah. I started this probably about five or six years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, you know, <laughs> I have to say, I don't know whether I've got long COVID or something like that, but I don't know. I've, I've declined over the last couple of years. Um, I guess it's just age, but anyway, but I, I try to run three or four days a week. Okay. You know? So I, I usually do about half an hour, uh, during mm you know, three, three days a week or two days a week. And then on the weekend, I'll try to take a long run. And uh, so that might be anywhere from, you know, one to two hours. Okay. You know, so, so last Sunday I ran, I ran 10, you know, I was a little bit longer than I, than I have run recently. So how are you feeling after? It's all right. It's okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. There you yeah. go. I don't really want to do 10 right now. I got some, some right knee stuff that I, I don't, I don't want to risk that right now, but we'll, yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, it, it's different. Like the recovery process is all different. Like me getting older and you just like even pick up basketball was like something that you just took for granted when you were younger, that you could just go play with your friends for four and a half hours and just be fine and go do whatever right after. If I played pickup basketball right now for four and a half hours, I'm not doing anything for two days minimum like i am icing my knees i'm not moving i am i'm done but it happens quick it happens without you realizing that that time is coming and you uh it's just kind of wild how quickly that can change um yeah i could i wouldn't i wouldn't even attempt everybody everybody if i tried to play basketball or something like that mm -hmm. all the guys would go coach no (laughs) you know yeah it's i used to be like when i was young i would Mm -hmm. trade and people would go who you still, you still have it. And mm-hmm. then, then I went through a phase of, you know, they'd laugh at me. I try to do something and it, mm-hmm. I actually just start snickering, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm to the phase where if I try to demonstrate, they actually get concerned for me. <laughs> so it's like, coach, you're going to get hurt. Don't do that anymore. So, that's how I am with my dad now with everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But my dad's an ex-Marine. So I think he's just going to keep doing it. I've learned that I, I can be concerned, but he's still going to do what he's going to do. So there's really, you're just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like to read? Are you, are you a big reader? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, what do you yeah. like to read? What do I like to read? Um, well, historically, I've, I, anything about history, but mm-hmm. um but uh, I'm a recent Catholic convert. Okay. So I read a lot of theology, so mm-hmm. a lot of philosophy. Um, so my favorite book recently is a book by Joseph Ratzinger, who became Benedict the Sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called An Introduction to Christianity. It was written in 1969, right after Vatican II. 
And um, it's a it's an interesting title, you know, mm-hmm. that you would think that you'd have to introduce Christianity to millennia after its beginning. So mm-hmm. uh, that intrigued me. So I, I enjoyed that book. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you get time during the season? Like, do you get time for any of that kind of stuff during the year? Or is it just like, all right, here's all the stuff for January on, but like, it's all pushed away. Yeah. During the season, it's hard to do. Uh, yeah. But I, that, that's one thing I do in the off season, you know? Okay. Do a lot I like of, it. Yeah. I like it. Um, What's your favorite meal? So if you get your mm. all time favorite meal, Coach Potter, like you can have whatever you want. Like uh, this evening, you can just ask, like snap like that. That's the way the podcast works is I can just have whatever that meal is to you at this moment. What is it? Well, my, my if my family hears this, which they probably follow them, but, but they, they will shake their head. But mm. I have this little snack that I eat all the time. And, and, um, it's, it's, I hesitate. They laugh at the name, but it's, uh-huh. I call it blue girts. Okay. Never heard this before. What is this? All right. So this, you, you, <laughs> take, you take, uh, yogurt, uh-huh. the girt part. So you take, right. and usually it's vanilla or something like that. And you, if you're, you know, if you're hungry, you can do two, you know, but usually mm. one small container. And then, so you put that in there, you put some blueberries, some frozen blueberries in there. Mm-hmm. And you put some dark chocolate chips in there mm-hmm. and some whipped cream. Okay. Right? And there you go. Bluegirds. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually really good. I mean, Oh, I bet you that's amazing. That sounds really good. When you get old like me, uh-huh. I mean, but that's got protein, dark chocolate is good for you. You got fruit. I mean, it's a mirror, mm-hmm. you know, blueberries. And, and so you just, you can't really beat it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I mean, if, if I went to the store to buy mm-hmm. something, if, if like I wasn't married and it was just me, mm-hmm. uh, 90% of it would probably be yogurt, you know? So we're looking at a very different coach Potter. If you're not, you're not married right now. Like that's, that's the saving grace from you just not being just a, 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 a marriage yeah. saves me from a life <laughs> of uh, monotony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a creature of routine, man. I don't. I am too, though. Creature routine, there's nothing wrong with being a creature routine. It keeps you going. And there is something I, I've always said, there's something beautiful in the monotony and just doing that routine and just having it. There's comfort there. There's comfort in having the routine and there's uh, understanding. And it's just it's good for anxiety um, for me. Like, that's just one of those things that just routine is teens good. Yeah. And well, you don't have to think about it. Correct. So your mind can go to and, and be placed on things that are more important. Yes. Right. And what you're going to eat for dinner. You know. Oh, so I have a question for you then. Are you a person? Have you ever, uh, cause I do this with the sports Renaissance woman where I, I like, there's a certain amount of, uh, I think I got this from Saban and, um, I know you spoke glowingly about, uh, meeting him in another mm-hmm. interview. And I, uh, it, I do take this to heart. It's like, he has the same breakfast and lunch every day because it's fewer decisions that he has to make throughout the day and things that think about. And sometimes, by the end of the night with the sports renaissance woman, I'm like, I'm out of decisions. Like I'm out. I, I, I can't answer anymore. Like I'm out. I just, I, I love you, but this is it. Like I can't, I can't do anymore. I I'm, I'm just, there's a certain number that you can do a day and you're like, I, I just can't. This is why routine is so important because you wouldn't think decision-making would exhaust a person, but it really, there's only so many that you can have when you start your day early. There's only so many. There's no doubt about that. It, I mean, I, I, it's the same reason. I mean, mm. I just, 
I don't want to spend any bandwidth on, you know, what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to wear. So I'm pretty nondescript <laughs> in both, both days. But if you find something you like and it works, you know, why think about it anymore and just move on. So what, uh, what makes high school football in Chattanooga different than the rest of the state? Well, you know, that's hard for me to answer, to be honest with you, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's, you know, we're, we're almost not in Chattanooga anymore. Yeah. Um, it's been years since we've really played anybody in here. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and um, so, I mean, we're just almost totally separate. Um, what would you put yourself in then? Well, I mean, we're, we're in the, you know, uh, division two. Yeah. Three A. And, mm-hmm. and so um, it's, it's a group that's, you know, um, all of us have pretty good teams. All mm-hmm. of us have, you know, big coaching staffs. All of us have, um, you know, weight rooms that are pretty sophisticated with strength coaches. Um, so it's almost like a little, you know, small college type deal. And so I, it's, it's just, and it's not really fair. I mean, it's, it's not fair to, I mean, there, there are certain public schools that can, can do it, you know? Um, but for most, for most Folks, uh, I respect the heck out of the job they're doing at, at places where they've got to line the field off and they, they're the strength coach and they're the trainer. And, you know, they've got to order the equipment and make sure everybody gets equipment and stuff like that. I mean, um, you know, those those people are salt of the earth as far as I'm concerned. And but we don't, you know, guys in our league, I mean, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to be each other scheme wise and that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a different type thing. Do you enjoy being more of the CEO than a, than a play caller? Well, I'm still calling defenses. Well, I'm saying like in general, cause you've had both. Like if you could just have like a CEO type role where you're just in charge of overseeing everything, or do you really, would you just miss being a play caller too much? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I would like the CEO thing. I know. Okay. And it's necessary, you know, mm-hmm. it's, level um and and so i really do understand that and at some point that might be okay but um i really i mean i'm i'm an x and o guy that's kind mm-hmm. of i enjoy it and i enjoy the game i enjoy the tactics and the strategy and um you know that's that's kind of who i am so i would miss it if i did something different um, what was the best advice your dad gave you about coaching? Be yourself. You know, I mean, he did two things really. I don't, he, it was, it was the, the purpose of football, the purpose mm-hmm. of high school football. That was a big one because, you know, obviously everybody's objective is to win. We want to win state championships and all that kind of stuff, but he always, um, kind of put it in that, that you know you're you're pursuing that objective, but your purpose, your underlying purpose, is bigger than that, and it's points mm-hmm. higher than that. And, and so that was that's more of like we're doing this for an educational reason. We're doing it to provide uh, these young guys some experiences in their life that you know that God's going to use to mold and develop them and you're developing relationships with them and you're in they're having all this and and so you walk with them through that um 
individually, and we don't know exactly what their story is going to be, but we're going to accompany them. Um, and so that's the that's the first thing that he taught me. And then the second thing is, you know, just be yourself, you know, because you can try to be somebody else and you try to imitate somebody else. But, um, you, you know, you can only fight against the grain of your own personality for so long and then it's not going to work. And so whatever you do, you, it has to be it has to come from within you. And that really helped me with him because I never I never really tried to be him. You know, I never tried to imitate any, you know, the things that he was doing offense or defense or, you know, and I, and obviously I took with him, took with me a lot of how he handled people and handled the teams, but I never consciously said, you know, what would Pete do in Mm -hmm. this situation? It was more like, you know, um, how do I, I've got a problem. How am I going to make this work? How do I make it work? And because it's got to come from within, the person that's the leader. And so that, and he helped me, he helped me see that right away. And that was a really took a lot of pressure off. Was it hard though? Because they saw your last name and they just assumed it would be a certain way. And you had to kind of like prove yourself in a different kind of way early on. Yeah, it was hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was was hard. And so, you know, but life sucks, man. You just got to keep rolling. (laughs) I mean, you know, everybody's got their issues and, and, um, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was hard. Do you know how long you want to do this? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, as long as I'm healthy and happy and I'm contributing, you know, I really feel like that, you know, Joel Bradford, our offensive coordinator is, you know, ready to, you know, step into that at any time. And so really at this point, it's more of a timing thing. So, you know, it's just, um, it's just more of, um, you know, when I, when I feel like the time is right. And so that it could be, you know, it could be any, I've always, I've always operated honestly on a one year mindset, you know, Hmm. It could be anywhere between, you know, a couple of years to another, you know, I'm 50, I'll be 59 in June. So it could be another, you know, five or six, seven years. I just, I'm not sure I'm going to be, I'm not sure I want to be one of the, the guys who, you know, dies in harness. <laughs> you know, my dad, my dad was, was that kind of guy, you know I mean? He didn't mean to be, um, uh, but he would, he, you know, he was really looking forward to sort of not doing it and, you know, got sick and got cancer when he was 61 and died when he was 64. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm approaching that age. <laughs> so that gives you a little pause, you know? So you, that all that stuff just, you know, is, goes through your mind. Um and, you know, on one hand, you, you kind of want to let the another generation come through. On another hand, you don't want to leave too early because, you know, I'm probably I'm probably doing better now than I ever have. And uh, so I don't want to, you know, deprive that uh, or not let people have that. So I don't know. It's a little complicated thing. Um, but, you know, I do it. I, this will be like my 29th year to be a head coach and. I can honestly tell you, I do it a year by year basis. You've been coaching for almost the entirety of my life. <laughs> I'm not trying to date you, Coach Potter, but there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is interesting. The coaching profession, like it, I think what we're going to see, and you're seeing this trickle down from the NFL level down to the high school level is that you're asked to do a lot more based on the coaches I've talked to is there's a lot more involved than what it was 20 years ago. And like social media complicates this significantly across the board. There's a lot more micromanaging. There's a lot more stuff that you have to put up with. And now I think there's like two, two avenues in coaching where it's like the Sean McVay, where you want to get in early, you want to win a ring. And then you feel comfortable walking away at 40 where you're like, I got my ring. I proved myself. And now I'm getting out of this. Like you, I think, and then you have the other side where it's like, I am comfortable. I did my time. I am comfortable year to year and I'm older, like the Belichick, Andy Reid type thing where I don't really let any of that face me. I know who I am. I'm good. I'm having a blast. I don't really let the noise affect me, but there's not really that middle ground anymore. Like the 15 year coordinator who grinds and grinds and gets a shot at 52 and then does it for a couple like that doesn't really exist it just seems like you're either going to be the young hot shot lincoln riley and you get elevated really quick or you're going to be they're going to go the mac brown route where they're going to go all right let's bring in the ceo who knows and is comfortable in his own skin and will enjoy all the other stuff because they miss being a part of it um i don't know do you think there's any truth to that yeah, there could be. I mean, that, I mean, you've laid out a pretty good case for that, right, right there. Um, yeah, I you know I know that you know there's a there you you're right you're very right when you say that there are more demands placed on you. I mean, it's a it's even in high school it's a yeah. more complicated job than it used to be, and it changes all the time. Um, and I haven't talked to a coach who's like, you know what things are easier now. Like I, I've, my job is a lot easier than it was 10 years ago. Haven't had that conversation yet. Yeah. I worry. I, I worry about it all, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the college game is the one that I think is, is, is really going to change a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I haven't talked to too many college coaches that were just ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's really, really tough. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because there's no, there's no czar. There's no CEO. There's no commissioner to do it. Every conference is doing their own thing and every school can do their own thing. And with NIL, every university can do their own thing. And it's just, I I will push back on some stuff when people complain about and how that, that will change the haves and the have nots in college football, because that that's always been the case. It will always be the case. That's not really changed. They just have a different kind of advantage. Like, NIL was never going to be the difference maker between Mississippi State becoming the next Alabama. That was never going to be a thing. Starkville was always going to be Starkville, and there's nothing wrong with them. Like, it's great, but there's a reason that uh, being number one in the nation with Dak years ago was like a one-time blip. Like, it's just it's just hard. You don't have the resources. It's just unlikely that you're going to be able to put that together. But NIL is actually, like, something that could help smaller schools like eastern michigan just being like hey i'm charlie batch and i went to eastern michigan here's 1.2 million for caleb williams to come here for a year um that can help you like he didn't do it but i mean it's just another avenue but i don't think that really changes it's just more stuff to keep up with compliance is now just such a big thing and um there's just there's no central figure authority figure who is just like hey we need to have this like the transfer portal window like you can just leave in the middle of the season now like we yeah. saw that with tennessee like i'm here and guys just left in the middle of the season like you can just walk out on your team now yeah. and that's it because there's no governing body to be like hey we we should probably step in and like put a rule here where there's a transfer window like the portal is good but here's the time you can and here's the time you can't 
Like that's just something you would think would be super easy. But if you talk to these college college coaches, it's like, no, like there's no one to do that because you can't do that because every conference does their own thing. And it's not like the NCAA can step in and just make these rules. Um, I don't know. I agree with you. College is the most up in the air, but it's also just like they saw this train coming. Like there's no college coach who did not see this day coming 20 years from now. It's just they never did anything. And then one day the dam broke and everything came out. They did not prepare at all. And now it's too late. The cat's out of the bag. And once it's too late, you can't go back. So I, I don't know. It, I'll still enjoy it, but it's, it's a different world for sure. Yeah. And I think it's, it's really going to change. Mm-hmm. It has to. So anyway. Adapt. I mean, hey, it's adapt or die in, in sports, man. Um, well, the last thing I want to ask you, and we'll wrap up here, Coach. Um, your school is a little bit different. Like it's a day, all day prep school for uh, boys. And that's a different type of thing. So I wanted to get your perspective. What is the difference coaching in that environment? What would you say is the, the, the biggest difference in coaching at a high school like yours? Oh, it's just such a privilege, you know. Mm-hmm. Really, and it's it's um it's, it's kind of what I was mentioning before. I mean, I've got I've got a strength coach who has a staff. I've got a trainer, full time trainer who has a staff. You know, I've got a guy that handles the equipment for me. Um, I've got people that plan our trips. You know, I mean, all I have to do is just deal with the, with the boys and the coaches and prepare a team to play. And and so you know that's the biggest biggest thing and i don't i don't take that for granted at all and um and then you know the other thing is um you know just the the fact that um you know the kids are for the most part really bright um they're motivated and self-driven um and so if you can manage to get the culture where you want it um you know, we've we've had we've been able over the last five or six years, especially to create a situation where the seniors that are coming up take control of that culture and they pass it down from one class to the next. And, you know, when you get it in that situation, you know, I, I tell our coaches after every year, I said, just it's not broke. Don't fix it. Just, keep it. <laughs> you know, and um and so we'll we'll see how long it lasts. But it, it's just you're you're dealing with um, with some guys that are really highly motivated, and you know that that's a pleasure to do. Awesome. With. Well, there you go, Coach. How do the good folks support your program? And the first, is there anything you would like to plug or mention that folks in the Tennessee area can uh, can do to support the Cali football program? Oh well, uh, you know, go on YouTube and like all our videos mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a bunch of those um and you know come see us come watch us play i mean it's um it's it's a pretty exciting brand of football so do you have another georgia school on the on the calendar this fall we are we're playing woodward academy okay the second game of the year at finley stadium okay very cool very cool we're well maybe the- i'm at yeah Playing a team from from uh this is where we are we're playing a team from georgia we're playing a team mm. from Virginia. We're playing oh, wow. Toronto, Canada, and <laughs> one from Utah. Oh, wow. All in the same season. All in the same season. Yeah. That's a lot. Are, what, are you traveling for? How many of those are you traveling for? They're all coming here. 
Okay. That that works out. Okay. That yeah. works out a little bit better. I might yeah. have to pop in for the Woodwork game. See yeah. see what this is all about. I might have to do it. Yeah. Coach Potter, well, thank you so much for making the time. I greatly appreciate it. This has been a blast. I've learned a lot and I hope the listeners have learned a lot about you and your program. You do great work, man, and you've done you've been a huge success and I wish you all the success in the future and uh we'll have to do this again soon well thank you i appreciate it and uh good luck to you thank you sir all right that'll do it for this edition of the podcast with coach ralph potter go support the macaulay program if you can and uh, keep up with uh, their season their team over there in east tennessee as they look to replicate uh their undefeated season next year uh we'll see um but yeah go support them in any means necessary keep up with the program follow them on twitter and uh yeah, all that good stuff. Thank you to Coach Ralph Potter for joining me on today's edition of the Chase Most Podcast. Learned a lot, and I hope you guys did too. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun, very insightful, and I appreciate uh, Coach giving me a lot of his time for this interview. Uh, don't forget, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, please do make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you are listening to this particular episode. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, you can always email the show at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. All right, new episode coming at you in just one second. Thanks, guys. Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.